0: dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Hello, hi, hey, what's up? how are you? Thank you for pressing play. I am honored and grateful you are here sharing the space with me. And for those who are new, welcome. Welcome to Scout Podcast. I am Scout, the host, and I chat about mental health, entrepreneurship, and spirituality since I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at the age of 20. And am the founder and CEO of Scout's agency, co-host of Ocases podcast, and have infused spiritual practices into my healing journey. So thank you guys for joining me in today's rambling, as I like to call them. So today we are going to be talking about taking radical responsibility over your emotions. If you have been listening to the podcast for some time now, you know that I used to outsource my emotions to anybody that was willing to hold them. And what that means is that I did not feel safe, that I did not feel safe in my body, in my emotions. I didn't think that I had the capability to survive them. I didn't think I had, or I didn't believe that I had the capability to process them or experience them in a way that was healthy or safe or normalized, what have you. And so what I did was I offered up my emotions on a silver platter, it's not really a silver platter, more like a janky, decrepit platter to my family, friends, and significant other. And so it took me a long time to really, really embody radical responsibility over my emotional state. I would actually say, until the age of 28, 27, 27, 28 was when I really started to take ownership over the things that I was feeling. So if we backpedal a little bit, I can, I'll give you kind of the picture of how I used to outsource my emotions. And this might feel very familiar to you. This might be what you are doing. I do not believe that you have to have a mental or diagnosed mental illness, to feel as if your emotions are too great of a burden to bear yourself. So what would happen was anytime I felt a hint of anxiety or depression or catatonia or psychosis, I would immediately call my friends and family and ask them to stop what they were doing, answer their phone, listening to me cry, leave work, bring me food, pick me up from work, um, entertain me, make me dinner, what have you. I basically called them and said, Help, I can't do it anymore. I can't live my life. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you please step in? And they would step in because they thought that they were being good support systems. They loved me and they wanted to help me. But what I was doing in those moments, instead of sitting with my emotions and analyzing what they were doing for me, what they were trying to tell me, and potentially ways that I could either soothe myself or balance myself, ground myself, I immediately put my hands in the air and say, I give up. You take over. And I let my friends, family, and significant other take over. I would let them baby me and take care of me and coddle me. And I used to get out of things constantly because my anxiety was so high. And in that, I never paused for a moment and said, okay, well, what is this depression and anxiety telling me? And if I do take responsibility over it, as well as pause and reflect about what is happening internally, what would my life look like and where can I go with this situation? So every time I felt a hint of depression or anxiety, I felt that my root chakra was completely unstable and I just flung it at someone close to me and said, you fucking deal with this. The problem with that, coping mechanism or that strategy is that you never develop the confidence or the strength in yourself to navigate your own emotional well-being or your own emotional experience. And if you can't develop that confidence and that strength and that independence through that process, your ability or at least your belief in your ability to walk through life and know that you're going to survive and rise to the challenge is is quite diminished. Therefore, you are constantly afraid. You're constantly in flight or fight. You're constantly in a in in a disbelief in yourself, which therefore allows the anxiety, the depression, the uncomfortable emotions to compound over time without no clear strategy or no. Um, compounding strength to arise to handle situations. And so there was a few, there were two, two main, I guess, milestones or changing moments. There's like a phrase I'm trying to think of that I can't think of that helped me start the process initially towards radical responsibility over my emotions. And then completely solidified that process for me and both actually came from things my husband told me. So in the very beginning of dating my husband, um, I've told this story many times and I will tell it many times again because I believe its message is so potent and important. It was about two, three months into dating, maybe four months, and he looked at me um, and this was, you know, I was very open about my bipolar disorders. He was seeing my depression firsthand very quickly And he had just um, come out out of rehab and um, sober living. So he was about a year and a half, almost two years sober at this point. And he looked at me and he said, I don't care if you're depressed. If you're depressed and hopeful, I can work with that. But if you're depressed and hopeless, I can't be in this relationship. And the minute he said that, he was setting a boundary He was saying, I will not show up for you if all you're going to do is fling emotions at the wall in a hopeless way without any faith that this is going to get better, without any interest in it getting better, and without any action being taken on my behalf to make it better. He wasn't shaming me or telling me my depression had to change or leave or that I had even control over when depression came and visited me. But he was telling me that the way I dealt with it, I had to take that into my own hands. And after having lost countless jobs, internships, and my college experience to bipolar disorder, I decided that I wasn't going to lose him either. And so I decided to just infuse a little bit of hope into my daily life when I was feeling depressed, when I was feeling anxious, And with that, I started to take action and I started walking down a very proactive path towards healing. It took years. I was 21 at the time and I still went through major depressive episodes, major catatonic episodes, major psychotic episodes, all the way up until present day. And while I wasn't 100% at the point of taking radical responsibility over my emotions. I was at the point of just taking action, right? Just doing things. Just when I felt depressed or anxious, you know, implementing tools like journaling and meditating and thinking about what I'm grateful for and being on a good sleep routine, et cetera, going to support groups, what have you. My healing journey has had so many iterations and so many different phases and tools depending on the time period of my life. Um, But it took until the age, let's see now, the age of 27, I'm 29 now, where I was having a lot of suicidal ideation and I was having a moment where I truly felt as if I could not handle the emotional well that was building within me. And I was crying to my best friend, and we called my husband and asked him to come home from work to help me. And about a week after that, maybe, I was still kind of in the throes of this episode. He came home one day, and his face just looked so weathered. And I asked him what was wrong, and he said he worries that every time he comes home, he's going to find his wife dead. And then he asked me, how would you feel if I was given a terminal cancer diagnosis every three months. And in that moment, looking at his face, I realized what my mental illness was doing to him. And I guess more specifically, not what my mental illness was doing to him, but the way I was showing up with my mental illness, the way I was outsourcing my entire being on him The way he felt like he couldn't say, hey, babe, I know you're having a rough day, but I can't leave work right now. And trusting that I could figure it out myself and trusting that I could hold myself and that I could take radical responsibility over my emotions. And so it was in that moment that I realized that I could no longer outsource my emotions not just for the confidence and for the quality of my life, but for the confidence and quality of his. This was the man I married and this was not the life that I wanted for him. It was clear I didn't want this life for me, but sometimes when you're in the thick of things and when you don't have enough energy or strength or confidence to pull yourself out or when you don't you know, worth when you don't feel worthy enough to live a healing, to walk down a healing journey, sometimes you can start that journey with someone else in mind. And then over time, it transitions from doing something, it transitioned from doing something for my husband to then doing something for myself. So it was a huge wake-up call and I finally saw what outsourcing my emotions was doing to him. You know, a lot of people say like, this is my burden to bear. And it finally hit me that this truly is my burden to bear. This is my deck of cards that I was dealt and nobody can heal me or make me feel better. Nobody can give me confidence and strength and the tools that I need other than myself. Yes, I might feel temporarily better when a friend or my husband or my dad stops his day and helps me but that's not long lasting and it's not foundational for myself as an individual. And so I started thinking about what I needed to do to take radical responsibility over my emotions. And the first thing I realized is that I need to feel safe in them. I need to know that I can Walk through a depressive episode, that I can walk through anxiety, that I can walk through external circumstances that are unfavorable and know that I can and will appear on the other end. So I started writing down the affirmation, I am safe in my emotions. I put it on a post it note and I put it on my mirror um, in my bathroom that I looked at every single day. And every time I had anxiety, I would just tell myself, You are safe in your emotions. I knew that I was outsourcing my emotions because my foundation and my root chakra felt very unstable. So I did grounding exercises to really hone me in and make me feel rooted and a part of the earth and a part of myself. And slowly by slowly, instead of calling someone immediately when I was in the midst of a panic attack, but rather I would start sitting with myself and telling myself that I was safe and holding myself and seeing what would happen, and, and more oftentimes than not, the feelings subsided, and and I was able to enter equilibrium much quicker. There's also so many different areas that radical responsibility over your emotions can go. Um, not only should you, or should you, I, yeah, I should say, should you take radical responsibility over your depression, anxiety, insecurities, because even if you don't, nobody else can heal those for you but yourself. Um, there's a lot of times in just ordinary daily life that we think that things aren't our fault. So when we get triggered by somebody, they say that person triggered me and that person made me angry and that person is annoying me. In truth, the fact that you were triggered by them says so much more about yourself and what you need to work on than the person. So for example, I had somebody in my life that was constantly triggering me and I was so mad at this person And I wanted to eliminate them from my life and blah, 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 blah. But what I I really realized was, why, why is this person so triggering to me? Which fundamental belief or core value or insecurity or shadow is this person hitting upon that is actually coming out of me so I get to witness process and potentially work on? when somebody, nobody can make you angry, nobody can make you anxious, nobody can make you sad unless you allow them. And so if you can take ownership of, yeah, you're making me angry right now, but that doesn't mean that you need to stop being you and that you need to stop um sitting in the worth that you're sitting in or spreading the things that you're spreading. It's more of a reflection on how I'm processing what you're saying to me, as well as how I'm reacting. So if someone's triggering you or making you angry or sad, it's not their fault. It's your responsibility to uncover why it is that person or why it is those emotions are coming to the forefront because they are trying to tell you something. They are messengers. They are here to let you know that something inside is off balance or you have a wound in there that is easily punctured. And so Even small things like that person made me angry at the bank or that person triggered me, there's always a reason why you react the way you react and you can never find that answer within that person's behavior, but rather in the depths of your mental health. And taking that one step further, if somebody does trigger you or you do get angry and you say something or behave in a certain way that is out of alignment with kind of your core or your true values or the person you really envision yourself to be, you have to take responsibility over those emotional responses and behaviors. Um, Nobody can make you do anything. You've something Within you is not processed or worked on so that when triggered, your body goes into a fight or flight situation or survival mode and reacts in certain ways to either protect your ego, protect your wound, protect your insecurity, um, protect you from feeling grief or from feeling any sort of pain and taking emotional or taking radical responsibility over that emotional response, is one, going to help you uncover a well within you that you did not know existed, and two, you'll get to learn so much more about yourself so that you can heal that part of you, and so that the next time you run into somebody who behaves a certain way that that used to trigger you, you can look at them with love and compassion and know that they're on their path and you're on yours. Before... I end this rambling, I want to talk a little bit about the difference between having a support system and outsourcing your emotions because I think some of you could listen to this and say, well, does that mean I never reach out when I'm not feeling well? And I think that a lot of the times people have a really hard time reaching out to their support system and they have a hard time saying, hey, I'm going through something right now. I'm not feeling my best. And reaching out to someone to let them know you're either feeling sad or depressed or anxious is 100% a healthy thing to do. And if you haven't done it yet, I highly recommend doing so that support system aspect of your life is important to know that there are people there who know you're going through something, who understand the patterns of your mind, who know you're either having a hard time with your career, in your personal life, with a breakup, a relationship, so that when you do need a support system check-in, when you need someone to vent to, when you just need connection, they're there and love and trust you. And as well as you know that they're there, just knowing they're there is so therapeutic and supportive. What I'm talking about here or what I have been talking about here in this episode is when you get to a point like I did where you cannot handle your emotions, so you just toss them to other people and put, the, put your overall mental health into the hands of somebody else. Besides the fact that it's highly unfair to the other person, it's also highly unfair to you because you're robbing yourself of those moments for you to exhibit emotional independence so that you can develop the tools and the mindful practices and the strength so that when shit hits the fan next time, you feel more confident in yourself that you can get through life. And that's truly what peace is, right? Inner peace is knowing that you can get through life. And so once you take radical responsibility over your emotions, you are able to live with an inner peace because you are confident in your strength to walk through life circumstances. I think this is also a really good practice in relationships, you know, my happiness and my emotional health is not the responsibility of my husband's and his emotional health and happiness is not the responsibility of mine. Rather, we are two independent people who take care of each other separately so that we can come together and coexist and build the life that we want to together But in no way will I ever make my husband responsible for my happiness again. In no way will I ever make my husband responsible for my healing again. I truly am responsible for the way my mindset is working, for the way I perceive this world, for the way I show up for myself And only when I do show up for myself in good faith, in confidence, in love, is when I can enter my partnership from a really healthy, beautiful place. So I know we went all over with that, but I would try to ask yourself, in what ways can you take radical responsibility over your emotions today? Is it you know, accepting the fact that your partner does X, Y, and Z that you don't really agree with and it bothers you every single time. Maybe it's taking a look at, hey, that's my trigger. Like, that's my shit to deal with why that brings up that emotions in me maybe it's the fact that you don't actually outsource your emotions, but you also don't outsource them to yourself. So maybe the next time you are dealing with depression, anxiety, instead of watching TV or numbing yourself on Instagram or having a glass of wine, you actually just sit with yourself and say, I take responsibility over this emotional state and here's what I'm going to do about it. I'm either going to sit in it and accept it. I'm going to not judge it or I'm going to implement a tool that is really towards the higher, healing the higher good of my life, such as journaling, meditating, going for a walk, taking a bath, whatever it might be. So I hope this inspires you to take responsibility over your life. You know, we don't necessarily have a lot of control over which emotions we feel on a daily basis and which ones kind of pop up when they do, but we do have control over how we deal with them. And it's in the way we deal with them that we cultivate a sense of strength, confidence, and emotional independence. So I hope that was helpful. I need some tea now. Um, If this episode brought you any sort of value, I would so appreciate you texting it to a friend. And rating, reviewing. If you leave a question in the review uh, comment box, I will answer it on the next episode. Or you can DM me at Scout Sobel. Um, let me know your thoughts on this, how it resonated with you, how it didn't, um, and if there's anything specifically in the mental health world you would love for me to cover. I hope you have a beautiful day. And if you're not, I hope tomorrow is beautiful. And if it's not, that's okay too. I trust that the process of your life and the emotional waves of your life are truly here for a divine reason. So I will catch you on Thursday.